the idea of believing that it is moral to uh, tell someone before you destroy their life, like, oh, I warned you, is so sadistic mm -hmm. that I can only look at Israel now as the most jigsaw army <laughs> in the world. Totally, they are totally. they are the fucking dude from Saw. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for pressing play. Thank you for doing all the things. Hey, uh, while we're just stalling. Um, uh, Are we stalling? I'm ready. I'm here, baby. Just share and like, talk about stuff. like and share the stream right now. Five stars and review on all of the podcast Thank apps. Thank you. Thank you so much. Join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Situation room. Situation room. Doing my work for me, Matt Leap. So mm -hmm. we've got a very good show. Obviously, uh, March seventeenth. <laughs> wait, 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 okay. wait. The host of Bad Husbara podcast and the host of Pod Yourself the Wire mm -hmm. and Pod Yourself a Gun, Sopranos and the Wire Rewatch podcast, respectively. Mm -hmm. And my life partner and stand-up comedian Matt Leap is here, and we're going to be talking about a number of things. We're going to go into um, Biden's memory hole. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Big hole in his memory. Big, mm -hmm. luscious little memory hole. A nice, um, tight little hole. Tight little hole. Mm. And we're also going to talk about what's going on in Rafa, what's going on in Gaza right now, and um, the State Department's reaction to it all. And finally, uh, uh, because you're my only guest for this hour and oh, change, yeah. um, we got time. I think we're going to dig into the SCOTUS... Uh, not ruling yet, but the SCOTUS uh, hearing of arguments, hearing of the arguments uh, around whether or not Donald Trump can be barred from the ballot in November mm. uh, as per the Supreme Court of Colorado's decision they're reviewing now. So we'll get into that. And then we're also going to end with because it is Valentine's Day tomorrow. Oh, fuck. I yeah. mean, oh yay! Yay! All my all I'm, my plans. Yeah, all the I'm sure he's I got have lots so of many plans. plans. They're good plans. And I'm a real romantic. He's a real planner, actually. Yeah, I'm just gonna be on my phone for a second. <laughs> One eight hundred flowers. <laughs> we I wanted to talk about this is something completely apolitical, but uh, talk about the five. I think it's five languages of love. Mm. five love languages have you heard about the love languages no i mean i i've I heard people say oh something is my love language but right. it's always something that's not a language it's always like, like pasta yeah. yeah and i'm just like <laughs> pasta is not a language idiot why are people so stupid so, there's some new updates to the love languages oh. schematic as to whether it exists whether it's real so we'll talk about what our love languages are whether or not it is even a thing or should be a thing mm -hmm. so but also pasta is definitely your love language so put a, i love pasta put a, <laughs> <laughs> it is though it's true i love pasta also happy lunar new year guys uh oh yeah gong hey fat joy gong uh, hey fat joy or chinging quaila or however you get down this lunar new year uh happy new year to you um i hope you're celebrating i i've done nothing i wish i had like it's like don't wash your hair or wipe your butt for three weeks and then you know put out some oranges and then light some incense and i'm just like i am are you supposed to do that yeah it's like i mean not though not wash, wash your butt but like you better wash your butt you better wash your butt. Um, i'm sorry 
I have no idea what you were about to mumble into, and I don't I'll care. I'll wash it for you. Was what I was gonna oh, say, you better I buy it. But the point is, uh, I uh, do something sweet, do something cool, hang up some little, you know, put put something red up. I don't know. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm wearing red right now. Yeah, exactly. It's the it same needs shirt. To be brighter. It's the same shirt I was wearing yesterday. Oh yeah, doing your show. Yeah, I feel. You could have just lied and said you had two of the same because you like it so much. Yeah, but um, I would have never done that. I would it wouldn't have occurred to me to do that. Let's yeah. continue because sure. before we jump into that, yes, announcements, announcements, announcements. Matt mentioned the Patreon. This show has a Patreon, patreon.com slash bituation room, and you get the bonus bish, which mm -hmm. is an extra hour and change of a solo show that I do every Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. You also get it if you are a member on YouTube or Twitch. So thank you everyone in advance for doing that. Mm. I see a lot of new subs. We currently have our live show available to patrons and members as well. The one with Emma Vigland and Miles Gray and Nato Green in San Francisco. Such a good live show. If and you like, are not a yet a member. Recording. Yes. If you're not a, yet a member uh, or a subscriber to her Patreon, you're fucking up because it is the one of the best live podcast recordings i have ever sounds seen. sounds so good like sounds I mean, good we really uh we made up for the the lost episode of 2022 yeah. yes. but or 2023 god um but i was gonna it? say that uh last week i also dug into the tucker carlson putin interview mm. uh, that was a fun watch so we watched some clips talked about that um tucker carlson again way in over his head uh, and then uh, looked at Bernie Sanders sort of attempt to claw back from his previous stances around Israel and Hamas and whatnot, um, mm -hmm. you know, arguing that there no more weapons should be sent to Israel. And yet I, I have some critiques about whether he's actually um, changed his tune or he's just uh, kind of arguing for the status quo because he's somehow still not saying the word ceasefire. Um, mm -hmm. So. Just get that all in your ear holes, in your eye holes. Again, if you become a patron, just so you know, if you are our new patron, you get an entirely brand new RSS feed. So it's like a new, it's a in your welcome note. And uh, it's a little rainbow RSS feed. You get the main show on Tuesdays and the bonus show on Fridays as a podcast. And then, of course, you can watch it back. It's a beautiful feed. Give me a second to upload the video uh, from YouTube to the to uh patreon so if you're like where is it it's like it's because it's if it's only been like 30 minutes just give me like give me a little bit of time it takes a little while yeah you know yeah it takes a little bit of time. you gotta be patient you gotta wait by the trough like a good little pig like a good piggy but i wanted to dig into of course all the things uh, but not before we plug the most important oh God, thing more we plugs, have coming in more plugs march 17th uh, that's a Sunday in Sacramento. Francesca Fiorentini and I will be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline. That's right. We're back, baby. We're going to be at the Sacramento Punchline March 17th. That's a Sunday um, at 7 p.m. It is St. Patty's Day. It is. It is. So, and you're uh, half Irish. So. I'm half Irish. So, you know, come celebrate half of me. Or just celebrate just do your whole set in Irish accent. Yeah. Oh, welcome to Sacramento. Have you watched the new Mulan? Yeah, I saw Mulan. I didn't like it. <laughs> if you don't know that joke, then you're wondering why I'm doing a racist joke. But it's not a racist joke. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, come please. Ticket link will be in the bio. Probably. It is. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> please come to that show. Yeah. Please. Please. That'll be so fun. We got a babysitter for it. We got a babysitter. 
Um, yeah. But let's start off with what we're all bitching about. Everyone, you know what to do. You get your bitch caps on. Yeah, you'll This be. is <laughs> what are you bitching about? Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Um, what are you bitching about today? Um, I mean, listen, I'm bitching about a lot of things. Uh, I'm bitching about the fact that I'm pretty sure my baby gave me strep throat. I don't think so. And I, I think it, I think you're blaming her, and I don't think she. I think you, babies give people illnesses all the time. I don't want to have this argument, but uh, they do. You think I? Just, she hasn't had strep throat. She doesn't need to have it. She's a baby. She just it's it, just a petri dish, and then her like strong little baby immune system is just like, bah, 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 bah. what is my old pasta filled <laughs> immune system is like, Oh, time to kill Matt again. <laughs> and so like, you know, I'm just saying it's been a while though, since we've been sick. So we were kind of overdue, but the big thing I want to bitch about is, um, San Francisco uh, crime wave stories. Dun, dun, dun. So, so there was a bunch of San Francisco crime wave stories happening. I mean, throughout all of last year, the year before that, pretty much always, right? Sure. And um, it's, you know, it, it came complete with a bunch of uh, fake uh, or like juke stats about, you know, the uh, rise in, you know, shoplifting crimes, right, right. which all turned out to be debunked and faked or at the very least, like skewed statistically. Yeah, like, retailers were like, yeah, we kind of were going to close that down. Yeah, we were, we're going to close, close that, that target down anyways. Or or they're like, yeah, you know, we we lost like $9 million and it's like, but we're a multi-billion dollar company. <laughs> yeah. We actually build in about $500 million in losses, you know, shit like that. Um, what really fucking annoys we me. We were the ones who shoplifted. Yeah, to be we honest, gave we've been. our nieces and nephews some jobs. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, golden parachutes going around, you know what I'm saying? Um, but what pisses me off about it was while uh, that, tide has kind of turned a little like they've kind of stopped talking about like you can't even go outside in san francisco without getting stabbed by a fentanyl man um <laughs> like they've now ever since the release of the uh apple vision pro or oh, whatever God. they've just been a bunch of these like clearly paid promotional social media ads of like famous influencers putting on their fucking you know their 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 nerd goggles and like going out in San Francisco on their, you know, electric fucking on, on skateboards or on BART or in their Teslas. And all I can think of is like, hey, remember when you guys were saying like you, you literally can't leave your house without getting robbed by the fentanyl man? Now, if San Francisco was actually this like fucking Gotham City hellscape. Uh, you wouldn't have every single San Francisco-based influencer out there wearing their goddamn Google or, sorry, Apple Vision, uh, like, goggles. I, I remember when Google Glass came out. Yep. Um, it was in Which and out. Which was arguably a lot more discreet. It was way more discreet. Like, you, it, like, it looked like glasses, but you could tell there's, like, it was just a little bit. It was, you know, you could tell, but they certainly weren't fucking skiing goggles. Um and you could not go anywhere wearing those without someone not trying to rob you necessarily, although people did get robbed for them, uh, but with people making fun of you. It was just like, it, literally, we shamed that product out of existence. Yeah. Like, we, 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 we strangled it in the cradle in San Francisco, <laughs> which is something we rarely do. I know. The, we so, don't do that with technology at all in that city. Yeah. But you're right. Now, there's just like, yeah, these... The, 
I always see people and they look like they're like really assertively trying to yes. die. Yeah. They're all like, like they're about to get <laughs> they hit. Look like, yeah, dude. They look like Bradley Cooper and Maestro. <laughs> 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 just like you if know only yeah but really what they're doing is just like they're just on tinder or they're right. looking at porn hub. Swipe left or yeah, what yeah, is yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah anal anal vaginal vaginal you know that's if they were on Pornhub. anyways I oh my know. god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but so like it is just like watching Jesus these Christ. total fucking confident nerds going out and like not doing the thing that most nerds used to do in San Francisco, which is like kind of watch your back. You know, it's like a city. You still have to be careful, like where you flash your expensive shit. But just watching that just made me so mad because I'm just like, you guys were saying a month ago you could not leave your house. Right. They would have been robbed had uh, were crime so crazy you wouldn't be outside wearing that. Yes, that's all you would see. And instead, they're just trying to, you know, oh, never mind about all that. Now that we've, you know, successfully gotten whatever piece of local bullshit, they, you know, pro-cop legislation that they got passed, I'm sure. Now that we have that, you know, never mind everyone wear your fucking tesla ski goggles i mean do you think i'm gonna like no one's gonna care like does it i think that if someone with the apple vision pro gets robbed or like shoved shoved and fall down fall down on like face. that should Break that, that should not attribute like contribute to the crime stats annually like, no or, that's like, that's that's a civic duty right that should contribute to the hero stat. Exactly. It's like no, no one's like, oh, I guess that was kind of the plot of Batman, but no one was yeah. like, Batman, there's too many, like, you know, yeah, right. Too much collateral damage. You're no. like, I got the fucking guy. Yeah. You sometimes you gotta, you know, burn a few buildings down to get the Joker. Exactly. Uh it's a good thing to bitch about. Uh I'm bitching about something. Um we have to be expedient with this because you and I tend to bah, bah, bah. Um, I mean, I, I'm here for the long haul. So I think this was the first or second week that John Stewart came back from uh, the grave. From the grave. I mean, he was risen from the dead. Truly, uh, no. John Stewart decided. I think after the problem with John Stewart on Apple, another dig at Apple, Apple TV Plus or Apple Plus, whatever the fuck. Apple it is. Plus TV. Apple streaming Plus TV equals Tubi. Yeah. Um, that he wanted to come back to the Daily Show. Now, when I first saw this, uh, I was like a little bit of an eye roll as as someone who wants to see the torch be passed to new blood, different blood. Um, I was kind of gunning for, honestly, Roy Wood Jr. I, I like him a lot, and I think he would have been fantastic, and I was sorry that he left. However, uh, watching Jon Stewart last night for... And again, I think this was actually his. It might have even. It might have been his first. It sounded like it was his first. It sounded like it was his first, but I swear to God, last week I saw another clip. But you know, I don't fact. Do I fact check? Come on, no. Who's uh, got time? Who's got time? But after watching his return monologue, in which he talked about the 2024 election, Joe Biden v. Donald Trump, I was like, immediately felt. Um, like this wave of catharsis mm -hmm. and and appreciation wash over me because you see how designed for this show he was even if it was interestingly a show that wasn't initially designed for him but how much he made it his it is absolutely his and how effortlessly he breaks down um politics with a unique and passionate angle mm -hmm. that i think so many of the fill-in hosts 
surprisingly lack. They are sort of doing a version. They're sort of play acting, but he is the real deal and he believes every word that he's saying. I don't want to get linger too much on that particular aspect of how great Jon Stewart still is. Yeah. After all this time. But he crushed it. But he totally crushed it. It was great. And interestingly, a lot of people were pissed mm. about what uh, John Stewart had to say yeah. um, about the 2024 election. The fact that uh, Joe Biden is old and uh, has not done anything to um, build confidence in people that maybe he's not too old to be. Right. That was so that was part of it. And he definitely he, he basically addressed like Biden's memory, Biden's age, but also Trump's like yeah. memory, the amount of like crime uh cr you know criminal charges that trump has hanging over him but i think and i want to play what i think was the crux of um john stewart's argument and this is in very john stewart mode um which is this is not a standard joke jokey monologue this is a take this is an angle this is not i study i look at politics today and i make joke about it yeah this is i read the room mm -hmm. i see what's going on um, we have a massively unpopular president who is running against someone who's even more unpopular or debatably, I guess. Yeah, who knows um, now? Who, ha who is like, again, everyone by every, you know, uh, measure, everyone says this is Trump number two will be even more dangerous. Trump sure. the second time around will be even more dangerous. But then also you have a president who is now, you know, four months into green lighting genocide in Gaza. And Stewart addresses it. Um, and in a way that is not, I, I think he didn't go hard enough, but he definitely addresses it and kind of like, it's a little bit of a background to his monologue, mm -hmm. but subtly in the background. Yeah. But this is what I think was kind of the crux of his argument that I, that I very much enjoyed. And then I'm bitching about the fact that people freaked out about it. So take a look. Look, Joe Biden isn't Donald Trump. He hasn't been indicted as many times, hasn't had as many fraudulent businesses or been convicted in a civil trial for sexual assault or been ordered to pay defamation and had his charities disbanded or stiffed a shit ton of blue-collar tradesmen he'd hired. <laughs> Should we even get to the grab-the-pussy stuff? Probably not. But the stakes of this election don't make Donald Trump's opponent less subject to scrutiny. It actually makes him more subject to scrutiny. If the barbarians are at the gate, you want... Conan standing on the ramparts, not chocolate chip cookie guy. <laughs> Look, the next nine months or so, and maybe more than that, depending on the coup schedule, <laughs> they're gonna suck. You're gonna be getting emails with insane subject lines like, hello, John, it's Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Donald Trump is right behind you with a knife. Donate. <laughs> You're going to get inundated with robocalls and push polls and real polls, and people are going to tell you to rock the vote and be the vote and vote the vote and finger bang the vote. And it's all <laughs> going to make you feel like Tuesday, November 5th is the only day that matters. And that day does matter. But man, November 6th ain't nothing to sneeze at or November 7th. If your guy loses, bad things might happen, but the country is not over. And if your guy wins, the country is in no way saved. I've learned one thing over these last nine years, and I was glib at best and probably dismissive at worst about this. The work of making this world resemble one that you would prefer to live in is a lunch pail.
job day in and day out. So that was, I think, the most powerful piece of the whole mm -hmm. monologue and specifically the line. And this is what I mean about reading the room, <clears throat> the line of um, if this is the, the most important election um, and we're at, you know, at what is it? the gates of hell or whatever right, yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. we're on the battlefield then the person going up against trump is actually deserving of more scrutiny right not less yeah you want to go in there with all of your guns blazing or you want to be in the best position to defeat donald trump yes um and are we in that position and so he's reading the country mood the country's mood right now which is basically shut up about joe biden right shut up about genocide shut up about his age although honestly the people who are arguing about his about genocide are not necessarily the same people who are arguing about his age those people who right. are talking about his age were like fucking centrist right. uh, david axelrod you know um um dnc folks and he's also saying, look, this is democracy is not a one day thing. This is before. This is after. He's not saying he won't vote for Biden. He's not saying Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the same. He, in fact, starts it off like that. Yeah. But that didn't prevent people on Twitter from freaking out. You know, Palmer Report, which is kind of like a, you know, lib account says, sorry, John Stewart, but this both sides false equivalence horse crap. The Daily Show is supposed to cut through the media's dishonesty, not parrot it, will not be watching. Oh, uh, and then you had Aaron Rupar. <laughs> You know who Aaron clips a lot of uh, cable news um, says John Stewart still has it in terms of being funny and entertaining, but the political content of his monologue is basically the New York Times op-ed page in TV form. Both sides are not, in fact, equally bad. God, how do you not like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, "Wait, am I a bitch?" Like <laughs> that, that Aaron Rupar fucking like guy. Whenever I see his tweets like that, I'm just like, "What? What?" What even are you? Like, what is what is the point of you? You're just like, listen, we need a super lib on this website. And I'm your guy. Well, I mean, look, he does a service, which is, again, clipping a lot he of does some a lot of cable news and a lot of, you know, but there's no way he press there's no way he watched that and took away from it. Oh, both sides. No, he saw other people saying, oh, John Stewart's both sidesing it and said, yeah, all right, I'm going to take this on. No, but in no way was he both sidesing it at all. Yes. He is so squarely in the Biden camp. Yes. Um, And like and obviously he's to the left of it. Right. It's not that he's in the Biden camp. It's that he is he is he so squarely wants to defeat donald trump is so what i'm trying to say clearly knows that donald trump is a bigger threat yes. uh, at least you know holistically um but he's like if donald trump is a big threat then what are we doing throwing a nerf ball at him exactly you know what i mean exactly and i i think and the, uh, the fact that people didn't see that oh yeah this is a new york times op-ed what, what are you talking you know what about, it is dude? it's um, first of all all of these libs who are attacking him um, they were the same libs who used to attack him in 2003 when he was like the first, like, sh not even like comedy show, the first news ish type show yeah. that uh, was against the Iraq war. And was like, what are we doing, guys? What are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we manufacturing consent for this? And all the libs were like lockstep, like, no, we have to do this. We've decided it was like. You know, uh, there was a huge anti-war movement, but it wasn't from the, you know, institutional liberal, uh, you know, rags like fucking Atlantic or New York Times or whatever. It was, you know, 
it was people like Aaron Rupar or the Palmer Report who were saying like John Stewart, you know, he's gone too far. And is this really good for the country? Right. Is this good for, for us the country? to for us to ask questions? And that's it's just so incredible to me because can you imagine if John Stewart came back to the Daily Show and just did Donald Trump? orange guy oh with my a god. spray tan oh my god fucking monologue jokes honestly like i, I believe that's I why the, that's, that's the why comedy, he left <laughs> totally i mean well he left before he did Trump leave before was even a not a candidate mm. so he never got in i mean maybe it was like during the run-up it was sort of right. clear the writing was on the wall but it was also the writing was on the wall that maybe hillary clinton would have been president and honestly if you want to piece out at any political comedy like like sort of comedically political or political comedy time Hillary Clinton presidency might have been a good time to be like, I'm going to go not do this. Anymore. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so, but imagine if he had come back from that. Like, I, I definitely wanted to say like my pussy would have dried up immediately, which is very, very sad. But like, I like my comedy, like, I feel like the you watch, you watch Jon Stewart and the comedy fires within me. Yes. Just go bing. Yeah. And then if imagine if he just just done a run of the mill fucking monologue about Trump being terrible. Like, again, part of me would have died, literally like, died. You can get that on any fucking late night show. And all of these people who are like these libs who want everyone to, you know, uh, like th they can't get enough of their uh, orange man bad content. It's just like you guys you can get that anywhere and the fact is that you, if you were looking at john stewart and going like oh how come you're not saying the things i believe maybe you should you know take a second and re-examine why you feel it's necessary that nobody criticize the fucking president you you are ridiculous if you believe no one should criticize the president and i'm sorry but like anyone who's doing that i think is um an op and full of shit and let me just say one more thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I also noticed mm -hmm. in the replies, a much more interesting fact to me was not just that like some libs were mad, was the amount of clearly paid like bots, uh, blue checkmark bots that, you know, uh, a lot of these like political organizations hire in order to push a narrative. Um, you see it on the right all the time. Is that what they're doing now? Just like with the random blue check marks? Yes. I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, I, you know, whenever I get brigaded uh, by uh, Zionists online, it's like a bunch of blue check marks are the ones who are the most mad. And I'm just like, some of them I think are real people. A lot of them are not. I mean, like Twitter is nothing but bots now. And so to me, it's almost even worse because it's like, I think the majority of libs um, agree that Biden is like in trouble that biden is old they're the one who said it first yes they are, they're the ones who pointed it out first and now that there's actually something substantive to to take issue yes. with biden upon like the war on gaza the yeah they're like no gaza. he's not old anymore yeah, never yeah. mind yeah no but i i, I think uh, in terms of real people i think real libs uh, agree that Biden uh, old and uh, it, it's not looking good for November. Yeah, but don't talk about it. Well, that's the thing. Like spend I nine think, months not talking about I it. I think what that means is that like a lot of those bots are, th that means that democratic institutions or like political, you know, shadow groups or whatever the fuck, you know, like uh, what do you call them? Packs. Super PACs or whatnot are paying people or are paying someone to make bots that say oh john stewart both sidesing which is even more pathetic because they can't even get like you that you have to call on either your standard uh liberal blue maga guys online who all they do is say democratic talking points you have to call on them 
and you have to get you know a botnet to uh all you know be like yeah yeah make sure that you get it out there that that john stewart bad <laughs> and it's yeah. like that's pathetic it is absolutely pathetic I mean, john stewart's not the one who believes he can strike deals with mm -hmm. republicans yeah you know, speaking yeah. of both sides yeah and also by the way um this was the exact same thing that people were saying in 2016 they're like why why is bernie criticizing you shouldn't be criticizing yeah, hillary there's two that's it's, that's bad we should never criticize hillary yeah honestly i and think hillary would have won had we all just shut up yeah right hillary totally would have won if people hadn't been mean to to hillary if 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 uh bernie had just uh you know let her win or whatever the yeah fuck. yeah not like, run not run it's total fucking bullshit and it's setting us up for a repeat of 2016 and dems only have themselves to blame let's move on because a lot of things happened this week we got to get to three of them this is the week where So, yes, this was the week where um, Biden's mental acuity and specifically his memory came into question because special prosecutor Robert Hur released a report about um, Biden's retention of special classified documents and concluded that a crime had not been committed largely because there was no willful intent. And remember, Donald Trump has the same kinds of crimes, although a lot more when it comes to document retention. And it's like, oh, no, my man did a straight up like, you show me yours, I'll show you mine right. type of swap right. with like, his documents. Yeah, you like said it out loud, wrote it down, notarized it. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Um, and part of the report said, and ver pretty much verbatim, I think verbatim, that Biden did not commit a crime because he was a, quote, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Wow. Now, here, I'm just going to say it. That's not a dig. Like... Oh, that you gotta i think that's a w i think that's like that's fine like you're well-meaning you're and you're elderly but like and you like ultimately there was not a crime committed this is not the same it's done it's done yeah. they called you old, el old elderly they said maybe your memory wasn't great it's done right yeah i like, like to me that was like that's <laughs> that's done you don't have to talk about it but joe biden he got mad he took offense. Why, 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 why are you saying that about me? <laughs> he he was like these dog face pony soldiers. Uh, you know, um, he got mad like corn he got mad at Corn Pop. Robert Hur was a bad dude. And he decided to hold a press conference then mm. got very defensive when he was answering this particular question from Pete Ducey, of all people, mm -hmm. uh, Ducey Deuce, as I like to call him, mm -hmm. Ducey number deuces. two, yeah. um, who all up in that stays asking the dumbest questions and being the most disrespectful. But we'll talk about that in a second. Here was Biden's response. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's, uh, that's, you that's, that's your what, memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, president? My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? 
You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Mr. President, Mr. President. Do voters have concerns about your age? How are you going to assuage them? And do you fear that this report is only going to fuel further concerns about your age? Only by some of you. Okay, now let's just let's just be honest. That was actually a pretty good performance from Biden. Honestly, the thing about him is My like opinion. he he like the lines were pretty good. He has the unfortunate thing where he is old as fuck, and so like, like yeah, as the I'm, punches come just slowly. Yeah, the punches are come. They're like marshmallow soft, but then once you like get into it, you're like, oh, this is actually a pretty good bit. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I have a good, a bad enough memory that I called on you. You know. Uh, I have a bad enough, and but he also is being, I think, way too cordial with people yeah. who are kind of openly like. I mean, like clawing on him. I think that's a fair question. It, it is a it is a fair question, but also like here's my response: If you're the president of the United States mm -hmm. and you want to prove that you have mental acuity and you've got a good memory, draw and you're a clock. With it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, get mad, but really mad. Be like, how mm. dare you? And that's sort of what it is. Like, oh, what do you think? I just did all these things because I forgot. Like, I actually think it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, but like old people uh, get mad all the time and they still have memory loss. I, I, I don't I don't necessarily think that it's it's not, Donald Trump is a case in point. Get, yeah, exactly. And so, like, and, you know, I think that um, he listen, he's going to have to deal with these questions and the way he's dealing with them is is like fine. I don't actually have a problem with him being like mad and offended or whatnot. Like, hey, how dare you? I'm I'm fine. It's like when you tell an old person that they probably shouldn't drive anymore because they're going to drive into a farmer's market. Right. It's like they're going to be mad about it, but someone's got to save the people at the farmer's market. Right. Um. So I, I don't I don't begrudge an old person being mad that people are kind of like, you know, talking shit about their faculties. The problem I have is people who are feel it's their job to um like to stoke or co-sign that narrative uh, just purely based on like listen sometimes you have to live with a lie in order to beat trump and yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. maybe this won't beat trump maybe this is bad yeah <laughs> why yeah. we're ignoring it you know yeah absolutely and the press conference went on he did answer a multitude of questions again I don't know why he, but he opened himself up to these questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, you know, it's good. He should, he should. That's part of the job is, you know, you're taking your slings and arrows. You're taking your slings and arrows, but then you risk uh, saying things uh, like this. Oh yes, this is a, uh, I ate a whole pie once by <laughs> myself. <laughs> he is being asked uh, because this is again, later in this press conference about his mental acuity, his, uh, his memory he confuses the president of Mexico and the president of Egypt. Egypt yeah. um, but also a little bit of a win, Matt, what? says that the <laughs> war or the assault on Gaza is over the top. Take a look. The conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. Okay, can I just say, yeah. to be fair, I get 
why he thought the president of Mexico would see, like, because it's like, see, see, you know, it's like, yes, yes. You're doing the John Stewart joke? Wait, did he do that <laughs> yes. joke? Oh, fuck. That's where it came from. No, I just, I literally just thought of that. No, right you now. watched the whole I, monologue. I, you can't just, I didn't. just scoop a John Stewart joke. No, I literally, <laughs> I literally just got in my head while no, I was watching you, that. You, okay, first of all, you, d- I swear, um, hand you, to God, I did not see that part. I no, swear. we watched it together. No, we dude. didn't. <laughs> We watched something. Well, I spaced out during that part. We watched it together. That's the same joke. It is quite unbelievable does, does that you say, would steal. That you would I didn't steal, steal a John I literally joke. thought I just it's came fine. up with it's that. It's fine. It's fine. You know, this is why this is this is why you can't. This is why I don't watch late night TV Matt anymore. Matt is a joke stealer. I just want to say that. And if anyone out there has had their jokes stolen by Matt Lieb, call one eight hundred. Matt stole your jokes, <laughs> even though Matt came up with them first. Matt will Venmo you five dollars um what are you doing to me but so obviously i understand why he got them confused because he's talking about borders he said the cc joe he literally said yes 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 Yes. fuck it's a good bit that's why he's on top (laughs) i did not see that joke um so anyway unbelievable (laughs) unbelievable yes it does yes it does it doesn't matter because i fucking it doesn't matter you're a joke stealer it's fine um so but the point is i'm gonna give you my my favorite my favorite part is the uh the papers the (laughs) paper do not touch (laughs) just breathe on my lip (laughs) yeah now you're gonna get strep lip Uh, um my favorite part is Mm. and like i have uh, an 80 year old stepfather Mm. um and i know like i know this move of just like the like he's looking for what he has is supposed to say about gaza right but he can't find it and he just gotta find my page over the uh it's been um how, what's the diplomatic way oh, of right. saying genocide i mean i told him to mark it should be a pink highlighter mm. over the top like <laughs> like it's just it was so like oh i know this and i love my i don't love you but i love you know the old part of you like mm. like you know um but then he gets confused blah blah so that was not good no um uh, but and this is what a lot of people do with Biden press conferences generally, and then we should move on. But mm-hmm. is that they like they're like, hey, Biden said this really incredible thing. He said that it, the response to Gaza, you know, the Hamas attack was over the top. And you see that headline and then you see the actual quote and it's like, oh, over the right. Top. Yeah, yeah. But Matt, what do you think about him saying the response has been over the top. This is actually more than we've heard from Biden in a long time about this, Israel's assault. Yeah, th- I'm, I, this feels like another version of AIDS leaking um, to like the post that, you know, Biden called, you know, Netanyahu in private, like a bad dude or whatever. And it's meant to um, make us be like, oh man, you know, poor Biden. It's like, <laughs> There's just nothing you can do when it comes to this Netanyahu fella. And this this Israel, it's like, I'm sorry, but the power of the presidency over fo- foreign policy is pretty vast. In fact, his presidency, like he, he has been able to unilaterally give them money, give them aid, yes, yes. give them weapons. Like this is not something that he is um, being forced at gunpoint to do. And it's like and the absolute inversion of the power dynamic that um people like to do including 
anti-Semites on the right like to do when it comes to Israel, where they go like, no, what secretly Israel's in control of everything, including the US government. And they'll like point to things like the Israel lobby and like, uh, you know, the money in Congress is like, see, that's all part of the thing. The truth of it is, is that the uh, Americans and our government props up mm -hmm. Israel. We are their supplier. We are their, we're the fucking, we're the people backing them up. We are the biggest thug on the world stage. And, we knew and when you have the backing of the United States, you can do anything, including continue to do apartheid, which is what happened with South Africa. The US was the only country that supported South Africa. And so South Africa was like, I don't care that the whole world hates us. We have the support of the Americans until they didn't. And then what happened? Apartheid gone. Yeah. So I'm just saying that I hate this inversion so whether, of the power dynamic. It's a, you know, this is not the best metaphor, but- um, But you're gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, I was, uh, I, uh, I was with someone whose mom would feed their dog at the table. This is going to be a great metaphor. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, it was like, have you guys ever like seen someone who doesn't know how to handle their dog and the dog wants to eat food scraps constantly? And it's just like, you cannot eat in peace because like, arr, 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 arr. and right. then and she would literally do this. She would just go, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. No, stop. And so it'd be <laughs> literally just feeding mm -hmm. the dog more and more table scraps and then telling it to shut up. And right. you're like, here's what the problem <laughs> with this strategy. Yeah. You keep on giving it some table scraps. Yeah. The point is, and again, not to equate Israel with a little barky dog at the table. I mean, they are a barky they dog. They need at to the stop exactly arming and wep and giving them weapons. Right. That is how you actually get them to stop so if you think it's been over the top which bt dubs biden knew it was going to be over the top he knew the reaction we all knew the reaction yes was gonna be everyone over the top. knew everyone and, knew yeah. from the fucking from october 8th everyone knew yeah. that this was, was going to be used um as a pretext to do exactly what they're doing um and so you know for him to be like you know uh over the top it's like this attempt at like giving a crumb to people who are just like this is bad and being like, yeah, I know not enough. And also very resigned looking down. It's been over the top. Yeah. And by the way, that over the thing he was looking for in the notes was the diplomatic language that had been focus grouped and agreed <laughs> yes, on exactly. That's for exactly what, what it, to call it. Yes. And he said yeah, he, he, he was couldn't like, find the page. Be like it's been a um, disproportionate, yeah, yeah, yeah. tragic. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Israel yeah, but, has but the right to like imagine yes. having to still look for your talking yes, points yes. after four months of yes. fucking war and being like, uh, I forget if it was Israel has the right to defend itself yeah. or if it was uh, yeah. human shields. Um, uh, I can't remember the Hasbara yeah, never, that has been never again. Uh, means means what? now. Uh, yeah, like he clearly was I looking... believe in a two state. It's been over the top. Yeah, yeah. He so he went with it's been over the top. Um as like the first thing that he could come up with uh, that that sounded just toothless enough that, um, you know, uh, he wouldn't get a bunch of letters. And it's just like, it's not only not nearly enough, but uh, at this point, I am disgusted by the framing that his administration is trying to do around this because they are actively putting more Jews at risk uh, with the idea that Biden 
Oh, uh, he, you know, he wishes he could. You know, the State Department is doing this thing. We're like, you well, let's think- go, let's go into oh, it. We're gonna, let's, let's go, go into, into it. it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't actually send you the rundown, nor did I tell you about the rundown. But That's fine. let's talk about Rafa. Rafa. Um, so Israel is now bombing the southernmost city in Gaza, mm. Rafa, which was home to two hundred thousand Palestinians. It's now been inundated with so many refugees. It's about it's home in a lot of quotes uh, to about 1.5 million Palestinians. Yeah, who um, evacuated from the north. Who were ev- evacuated? Who who fled the north if they survived if they with survived. their lives, mm-hmm. with you know whatever fragments of family mm-hmm. and and personal belongings that they had. Mm-hmm. And now, under the guise of rescuing hostages, the IDF has begun begun dropping bombs on the city. Um, started on Sunday night, killing a hundred people on Sunday. Um, estimated hundreds, sort of every day. I don't know the exact count from Monday. It's Tuesday now. Um, the IDF says there are Hamas cells in Rafah because, of course, mm-hmm. they're saying that. Um, and they did actually manage to extract two hostages, which, as you pointed out on Twitter, Matt, um, very astutely, mm-hmm. um, that's not a good uh, ratio. <laughs> uh, you tweeted 110 hostages were released via ceasefire. It took 120 plus days, 13,000 dead Palestinian children and at least five hostages killed by the IDF. For you to rescue two, and this is in response to uh, who is the 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 Elon Levy, who is like uh, he is spokes, know, post, he's, yeah, spokesperson. he's the Israeli government spokesperson. There's so many of them. Yeah, there's so, there's a lot of his bars out there. He's uh, I think his particular position is um, from the uh, office of the prime minister. So I think he's Netanyahu's guy, um, but there's a few different ones out there. Yeah. So they rescued two. Hostages. Yeah, they rescued two hostages, which, by the way, brings the grand total of hostages rescued in military actions uh, to three. (laughs) Three. Like, unbelievable that they would even begin to frame any of this as for the hostages, for the sake of protecting uh, and bringing home the Israeli hostages. Because you see right there, what's actually bringing them home is ceasefire. It's a ceasefire and diplomatic negotiations. That's always been the thing. And every time you say that, someone will inevitably inevitably be like, uh, well, Hamas won't agree to uh, a ceasefire. That's because the uh, negotiations that Israel is doing does not include the possibility of releasing more prisoners. It does not include anything that would allow Hamas to be like, uh, to, to feel like there was a point. Because that's the point of hostages, buddy. The point of hostages is leverage. So they have the leverage. And if you're like, okay, what we want are negotiating is to give up all your leverage. And then just trust us that we won't massacre you mm-hmm. and throw just you like out to the said, Sinai. Just like we said, if you evacuate to Khan Yunis, we won't bomb Khan Yunis. And just then like we bomb we, Khan Yunis. Just like we said, then, if we if you evacuate to Rafa, then uh, we won't bomb Rafa. It's the same shit. So like, and I think everyone needs to understand. And this is this is particularly chilling right now. And this week is very pivotal. Um, Netanyahu has said that quote victory. Is close, and so again, mm-hmm. to Matt's point, is victory releasing all the hostages and no. returning them to their families uh, no, and no. making sure that they can go home? They don't give a flying what fuck is about them. victory. They don't give a shit because if they gave a shit, then they would be negotiating. They would be doing a ceasefire and diplomatic negotiations. And the truth of it is, is that even if they got all the hostages back, like 
they could continue on their tyrannical rule over uh you know uh, huge portions of palestine you know uh, like over uh, the west bank they and gaza. most certainly would they, they would they absolutely would but the hostages rate so low in their priorities yeah. that they're not, they're not they're not going to fucking do that no because right now they have the pretext the pretext is without them having the hostages they have no reason that they can sell to the general public yes. for why we're still there. And the victory is the recolonization yes. of Gaza. It is and Nakba the ethnic cleansing. Two. It is ethnic cleansing. It is forced displacement yes. and removal. It is once again, as we talked about early on in this assault, um, effectively pushing Palestinians into the Sinai desert mm -hmm. and having them be permanent refugees yes. there um you know maybe you know uh at the even more at the um sort of uh like depending even more dependent on the united nations right. for survival to say nothing of egypt now interestingly and everyone needs to, needs to know this egypt is amassing tanks on the border mm -hmm. with gaza mm -hmm. now those tanks are not against israel yeah, Those no. tanks are against people mm -hmm. who may be trying to flee mm -hmm. into Egypt should there be an all-out war, should some sort of border be breached, and should people try to flee for their lives, they're saying, you know, we're going to open fire on you. Yeah. Which, I mean, it as disgusting as that sounds, mm -hmm. um, you know if the same shit were happening on the U.S.-Mexico border and fucking like... Uh, uh, El Salvador mm -hmm. was, you know, bombing Mexico and Mexicans were moving north. Like, you think we wouldn't open fire on people? Oh, we no, almost already we are. And they're just literally women and children, you know, who are yeah. trying to escape low level warfare. Yeah. No, um, the difference is, is that the libs would be against it. That's no, the, they, well, barely, well, barely. Who knows? But yes, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, that that to me is what's annoying is at least it, at least the rhetoric would be like, no, they're not good. Instead, it's just like, you know, you've got liberal Zionists who are just like, eh, it has to be done. Or you have the fucking Democratic president being like, oh, I don't know. Oh, this is a little over the top. Anyways, here's more guns. This is all to the folks who say, why can't, you know, neighboring countries absorb um, Palestinian refugees. Number one, they have. Yeah, they already. have. They're fucking filled with them. Jordan is like the fucking the, the percentage of Palestinian. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's very scary because this is literally it's a death sentence for folks. And if you guys didn't know, you know, how GoFundMe used to be a place which was like and still is full of Americans being like, hey, I need like I'm having like, you know, life-saving surgery on like, you know, I'm, I have a, you know, a kidney stone to be removed and uh, I don't have money for it. Please help me. Or I got in a car accident, you know, people in this first world nation that mm -hmm. can't afford healthcare. Um, GoFundMe is now for the Palestinians in Rafah who have managed to set it up a place where they are trying to crowdsource money to get them out of Rafa because there is a way out, mm -hmm. but you have to pay yes. between seven to $8,000 yes. a person in order to get out. Mm -hmm. And so, and we're talking again, 1.5 million people there. How many GoFundMe's does yeah. it take to like, how much money is this? It's, it's un 
it's unconscionable what is happening. It is unconscionable the abdication of humanitarian responsibility mm -hmm. from the United Nations, from the excuse me, from the United States and the United Nations and in the international community. Yeah. But because of the U.S.'s uh, blocking of any sort of calls for ceasefire, mm -hmm. as if again, 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 as if Israel would even abide by those calls. Right. Yeah. As if that would even so. Anyway, um, you know, if anybody thought that, well, there just needs to be a little bit of, you know, Israel needs to kill a few thousand people, but then they'll chill out. It'll be fine. No, this is a this was a pretext. This is a pretext. Uh, let's not talk about how they knew a year in advance that there were plans being drawn up by Hamas to do October 7th. Mm. Um, but it was allowed to happen somehow. It, mm -hmm. happened. it happened. Security was breached. Yep. Um, people were murdered. And this is the response. And it is a pretext for the reconquest of Gaza completely. And you want to know, like... So, so a talking point that it was been brought up uh, multiple times by Israeli like diplomatic officials specifically um, and others like, you know, fucking weirdo Zionists online, genocidal maniacs, um, etc. Uh, is whenever um, someone stayed in one of those zones where they're like, hey, we're going to bomb Gaza City, you better get out and go to Khan Yunus. Um, whenever someone stayed uh, Israel, the most moral army in the world, said, hey, you know, it's 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 sad that they died that you know this family but they stayed you know we told them to leave and that's why we're the most moral army in the world you have to like put into context what that's about you have to remember that they know in gaza mm -hmm. they know exactly what happens you either stay and risk fucking uh life and and death and having your property destroyed and all that or you leave never to return because they know what this is. Mm -hmm. This is, it's exactly like 48. There were Palestinians who stayed, who didn't, uh, like there were Palestinians who were able to just kind of like stick around in, in certain towns in Israel, like 48 borders Israel. Uh, it's same thing in the West Bank. Uh, you know, there were obviously villages that were completely emptied and whatnot. Um, but anyone who could like hung on for dear life and it was the only possible way of keeping what was theirs. And so I look at like what is happening and you, you, you to look to say to it like, well, Israel's right. They should leave because what if they die? It's like they're going to fucking try to kill you no matter what. Mm -hmm. They are going to bomb you in Kanyunis. They're going to bomb you in Rafa. They're going to bomb you anywhere that you are at this point. The, the the idea of believing that it is moral to uh, tell someone before you destroy their life, uh, like to, oh, I warned you, is so sadistic mm -hmm. that I can only look at Israel now as the most jigsaw army <laughs> in the world. Totally, they are totally. they are the fucking dude from Saw. Yeah. That that is what they're doing. You so, have a choice. You, yeah, you have a choice. You want to play a game? It's called genocide and ethnic cleansing. So, um, yeah. I, so you, when you just but look at the no, end result of all what, this, that is, I mean, it's a joke, but it's not because that's yeah. literally what Netanyahu is saying. He has he's saying, oh, they can go, they right. can go back north, right, back to the homes mm -hmm. that we've literally leveled. Yes, there's nothing there but rubble. They know now, what this is. They know what they're doing. 
let's move on to yeah. the United States' reaction, as we talked about briefly, um, the amount of power that the mm -hmm. United States government has. Well, the Senate exercised that power and voted to give $95 billion of aid for not just Israel, but Ukraine and Taiwan. Um, U.S.A. Right. So collapsing all that money, um, mm -hmm. it may not pass the House. Um, I think there will be a certain amount of abstentions. And of course, we know that Republicans in the House are all about like they don't want money for Ukraine, mm -hmm. but they do want money for Israel. They've been trying to pull it apart. Then yeah. they connect it to the border, but they don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a whole thing. God. But to go sort of to sort of run interference for the administration, uh, good old uh, Pinocchio as a grown up boy, uh, Matthew Miller is his name, a State mm. Department um, spokesperson yeah. who is Pinocchio answering questions. He, I mean, look at him. He's truly he he grow he's all grown up um mm -hmm. he was answering some questions about uh from the media about the u.s's approach to israel like hey have you how's that diplomacy working yeah, yeah, how's yeah. it all you getting them to do what you want yeah. here he is is his response we have pursued the policy that we think gives us the uh maximum ability to be successful in influencing how Israel conducts its military campaign uh, and, 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 and how are you happy with the results and that? in many cases no absolutely we are not <laughs> I mean no I mean there's, there's nothing perfect there but you know hey you try 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 again I'll yeah, fail yeah, exactly, up exactly. Um, you get back on that horse <laughs> my favorite is like what did we want him to say like it's actually kind of a, a like a first of all you're never you're supposed to John Kirby it you're supposed to just be a total a hole about right. it, be like, yes, we have, of course we have, yeah, uh, because yeah. they would have done all this faster. Uh, <laughs> no, it would have been three months instead of four. We've delayed it. Yeah, but but he we peeled the bandaid off slowly. You sort of get in this Pinocchio man a little bit of an admission, as we know, the State Department is largely in disagreement with Blinken's approach, yeah. with Biden's approach, and you get glimmers of that in yeah, Matthew Miller. You get glimmers of him, sort of like. I know I am like re I'm trying to sell this to myself. Yeah, bro. like yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I wake up every morning I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, ooh. kill, kill, kill. <laughs> yeah, like no, you, you have no feelings. Exactly. Some people aren't people. <laughs> Some babies are born bad. <laughs> That's what you got to do. That's how you got to I mean, live with you yourself. Can feel that come across in these. It uh, is nice to see a little bit of shame. I do. I, yes. I yeah, like it's not open, but you can. You look in the eyes and you see like. Oh shit! Lifelong trauma. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, oh, poor guy. The, poor guy. Yes, yeah, so the the trauma out of all this is definitely the trauma of Biden officials <laughs> who have to keep uh, making a, excuses. It's the only thing. It's the only justice that I can hope for at this point is uh, a lifelong pain, anguish, and regret that all of these motherfuckers I are going to feel. I and agree. I, and I And it's easier to paint, you know, people as like all being like sociopaths. I don't think they're all sociopaths. I think some of them are just um, inside are, are are falling apart and good. I I hope they do, and I hope they live a long life of falling apart because that's all they deserve in lieu of hell. Go on. <laughs> um, so here he is asked a question, and he he sort of finds he finds his footing. He's able to sort of he's got a really mm -hmm. good. He's got a good line here about why the United States can't do more when it comes to Israel's genocide. While you say you have seen some results from the quote-unquote pressure that you have applied, uh, they're not enough and that the situation is still not 
good and not right. uh, and, and 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 not acceptable to you. Is that uh, is that a fair assessment uh, uh, of what you said? Uh, I will um, say, I think that sometimes people pretend that the United States of America uh, has a magic wand that it can wave to make any situation in the world uh, uh, roll out in exactly the way that we would want it to. And that is never the case. Okay, we use, well, I we would use, just, we use the tools that, that are available. There are other people. We use the tools that are available to try to influence <laughs> policy. They are imperfect, and there are ways and there are uh, uh, ways in which we have been able to show tangible results and more that we want to do. And that is why we continue okay. to stay engaged. You know, this is why, like, it makes me, and I, I don't actually miss Republicans. Don't, <laughs> don't mishear me, but I. You miss of like a a like a true bitch, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You miss like a Rumsfeld yeah. who's just absolutely full of it. Like yeah. I obviously do not miss Rumsfeld, but like, and 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 then again to Matt's point, this shame, this clawing for some sort of metaphor, or yeah, this yeah, claw yeah, yeah. for oh we don't have a magic wand, yeah. and we, <laughs> that is where you and I, that's where we strike. Mm -hmm. Truly, this is the difference between, and I know. I miss, I miss the like full throated warmongering right. because at least they're being honest. Right, but I don't honest. miss them in terms of like who should be in power, who should be in power, and also who <clears throat> is a more gettable target. Right. That dude, you fucking, you get that dude in a restaurant, he'll yeah. be like, oh, yeah. have yeah. my fries. You know what I mean? Like yes. he will free, he will, he will collapse. Yeah. What I'm saying is like this is a good place to put these people. Yeah. Good on, good on the media there, mm -hmm. and, and good on mm -hmm. protesters everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, but you see him saying, oh, we Matt, so, did you know that like the United States, look, we have the greatest military, the largest, mm -hmm. um, richest military yeah. in the country. Yeah. We have more bases around the world than mm -hmm. any nation. Mm -hmm. But like the most powerful, a, the most influential state uh, in the world. OK, easily. but we're not Merlin. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we're yeah, not I love it. It's like it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like there's a, some sort of magical blue fairy that could make me a real boy. That, that only <laughs> happened once. <laughs> Like this fool, like, it, and it's it's so disgusting too because once again, it's this complete inversion of the power dynamic. He is doing the best uh, he can in order to just be like, well, you know, it's not like it's not like the United States can just like stop them. And it's like, well, I I guess it's true they physically. You know, if we were to stop backing them completely, they wouldn't immediately fucking stop. They would. But guess what? I give it three weeks. I give it three I weeks it three before weeks. They, 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 uh, what they would do is immediately go. What do we do? What do we do? How do we do this? How do we get the United States back? This idea that Israel um, is this like fucking rogue state um, that is like just going to fucking go off on its own anyways. I don't need you. And the, the fucking Israelis say this all the time. Oh, we don't need your guns. Cause guess what? They don't. I mean, at this point they have all the weapons they need. Well, they have what, all the guns we already gave. We them. have, yeah, they they, have yeah the we have all your guns. That they gave them yeah. and money. And the and truth nukes. of it is, is they know what they need is the United States always being right behind them with fucking you know there are big burly muscles and our sleek oiled pecs and you know just like our hot little chaps anyways um but they they know they have the backing of the largest fucking army in the goddamn world that's that's what they need and without that which is something that i'm sorry but 
budgets and things that have to go through Congress, absolutely, you know, that there's the Israel lobby can get its hands into all sorts of like, oh, we're going to make sure you lose this election, Congressman from the eighth district of whatever, or we're going to make sure that you, you know, uh, don't win by a mandate, you know, Senator from Missouri. But the president is the president and unilaterally has the power to do a bunch of things diplomatically to Israel, including just saying, oh, fuck you. Nah, -uh. he, he you, you might be like, oh, well, he's going to lose the, the election. Motherfucker, everything he's doing is election calculation and it's leading to Who, a genocide. Netanyahu? No, everything that Biden oh, is oh, doing yeah. is election calculation. He is the reason. No, it's, 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 you know what? I mean, it, it is partially. A, I mean, look, let's just be real about who Biden is. Biden is a vice president pancake breakfast motherfucker. All right. Mm -hmm. My man was That's never true. meant to be president. He was meant to and eat this ice cream in a car. He was supposed to be ice cream. And this is a perfect example. Yes. A perfect example of it. You cannot stand up for the United States on a world stage. You yes. cannot flex the muscle of the U.S. You cannot flex the purse. You cannot even dangle the purse. Yes. When it comes. Like, because he doesn't believe in the idea that Israel well, should just, be held back. It's the same thing as like giving Joe Manchin the pen that he signed the Inflation Reduction Act, mm -hmm. even though Joe Manchin was the person who tanked his entire agenda. And, and you don't, I haven't wanted to see it where you're like, yeah, maybe this is like stealth Biden. Maybe this is dark Brandon. No, none of it. It's just, he is a well-intentioned elderly man with a poor memory. Yeah, no, he he absolutely is. I don't think that Biden is necessarily a genocidal maniac, but I do think that he uh, he's a well knows Zionist, he, which he means knows a murderer. he he knows the consequences of his actions, but he is a believer. He is a Zionist, believer. and he believes uh, Israel, as you know, flawed as they are, um, should defeat the terrorist threat, and he does not give a fuck. He yeah. does not give a fuck. At the end of the day, you see the amount of support, um, you know, full-throated support for Israel in, like, Congress or by, like, some, like, especially right-wing senators. And it's not just like, oh, you know, it's because they're afraid of the Israel. No, it's because they are full-throated believers in this apartheid state. They know the benefits. Or at least Biden Israel. does. At least Biden, Biden does. does for sure. And 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 again, you could see uh, Matthew Miller. And look, I want to play this last clip. Yeah, it's a little long, but I think it's worth it okay. because it's about who's going to rebuild Gaza at the point at this point. And again, oh, speaking... Israeli developers. Next question. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. well, I don't want to play this clip. I, no, no, no! It's too much. It's too I already long. put it's in the halls. <laughs> All right. No, because <laughs> I thought I had two minutes and twenty seconds to eat it. <laughs> suck a hall for no, two minutes. Gotta, like, spit it out. No, he basically Fuck. is asked like, who's going to rebuild um, Gaza? Mm. And it was stemmed. The the question stems from the United States and the Biden administration saying that Russia has a responsibility to rebuild Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So the journalist asks. Well, what about Israel? Does Israel have a responsibility to rebuild um, Gaza? And, oh, man, Matthew Miller cannot answer this question straight. He's like, well, we have a number of countries who um, are uh, going to. Um, um, it's uh, a sticky one. Re reconstitute, rebuild. And he and he's like, rebuild. Um, well, now I can't fucking remember. Just watch. Hey,
Uh, no, no, they're all conflicts, and, let, and, let, and, and 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 I realize that World War Two is over, and um, and and the Ukraine war is not over, yeah. but the, neither is the Gaza war. And you're saying that Russia right now has to pay for the damage that it caused in Ukraine. So I'm just wondering, would you say the same that that uh, that, that that Israel should pay for at least some of the damage that it 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 has caused so, in, in Gaza, even though it's fighting, you know, for what you say is a completely justifiable, or what is a completely justifiable. So what I would say on that matter is that one of the things that we have heard as a, through the Secretary's diplomacy in the region is that there are countries who are ready to step up and help pay for the reconstruction of Gaza. I don't mean Israel, other countries who are willing to step up and help with the reconstruction of Gaza and put real money into the game, as well as real you know, political ch political uh, credibility, but that's a, that's another matter on another track. But just with respect to reconstruction, there are other countries who are willing to recontribute or contribute to the no, no, recontribute is right because yeah, they've already it, rebuilt right, Gaza there. like or, three times, right? Fair, fair and, point. And so, let me just okay. So it goes on for a little bit, but that was great. So like he says, uh, they're willing to recontribute. I mean, contribute, and he goes, oh no, recontribute is the right. For phrase because they have helped and by they i mean i think egypt jordan but also Qatar, um also mm -hmm. probably iran some mm -hmm. money from has come from iran like he's like oh no no recontribute <clears throat> is good because that's the right phrase and you see this moment where two people who understand the issue right are like seeing eye to eye and matt miller matt on matt crime here mm -hmm. uh, matt miller's like no no you're right it, they've already helped rebuild and in none of those instances has the person been uh, has the country that's been helping helping with rebuilding been israel mm -hmm. in none of those instances um and so it's just it's just like what can't Israel is the Trump of countries, people. 100%. That's what Israel is. It can do anything. It can genocide a bunch of people. And sell you say, any load you of bullshit. Tell you that it's because it's for good reason. And no, they don't have to follow any rules of war. But mm -hmm. uh, which honestly, like they should. I've said this multiple times. They should just say it is genocide so they can get away with doing what they're doing. Um, because when you say it's right. war, suddenly you have to abide by a bunch of international conventions. And by the way, you're apparently like international law says when you're occupying a territory, yeah. you are it, you cannot be engaged in a war of self-defense right. if yes. you are the occupier. That's right. Right. Like, I mean, I'm wondering if like the British in India were like, you know, well, it's. It's a it's self defense. They want to wipe us off the map. You know what I mean? No, like, but because colonization back then was so much more simple. It was like, no, we are the we are the master race. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are our subjects. You know, yeah. you understand? Like they already had this um, you know, colonist mentality that was uh, you know, kind of like just taken as like, yeah, that's the way the world works, right? Especially yeah. in India with the caste system and everything. But, um. You know, uh, but the problem is, is that Israel has to exist with this settler, settler colonial mentality in a world that does not believe in settler colonialism anymore. So now they have to pretend they have to do these like rewrites like, oh, no, actually, we're indigenous. And actually, it's a war of self-defense because it's not Gaza we're fighting. It's all the Arab states 
surrounding us you know all the ones who've cleaned up our mess we're before. little we're small bean you know it's not the west bank it's literally all of jordan we're fighting it's yeah. not you know it's like they have to rewrite the uh the playbook or not so much a playbook but the the marketing the yeah the marketing material to, to fit today's uh tendencies which is not believing in settler colonialism and not believing uh that big strong man is good so they have to pretend to be little bean and uh you know and if that doesn't work then they're like then and you're like no it is settler colonialism and they agree that it's settler colonialism they go oh you did it too right right they're, like, that's, that's yeah. the they're trying Again, to girl boss genocide right now moving, straight up they really are in. they really are they really are like this is about like um Jew, jews finding our voice right and the, the worst part of it is, is <laughs> we they, should move on but my god yeah no but they, they they implicate literally it's not this is one of the worst parts about it is that they it's not about like israelis or whatever it's like jews they they they, they implicate me and my family and your daughter and like all sorts of anyone who has any jewish blood or anyone who you know is uh it's believes in judaism it's like worldwide it's fucking bullshit and it's the largest anti-semitic enterprise in my lifetime mm. listen to bad has bar uh, every monday every monday i guess so it's, i've been putting them out on mondays i don't know when i do them whenever okay um last story of this week this was the week where uh the supreme court heard oral arguments about whether colorado could remove Donald Trump from their ballot mm. in November based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which states that any official who incited or gave comfort to insurrectionists... Comfort me. Um, Hold me. I'm going to storm the Capitol. Ex uh, insurrection, insurrection against the United States mm. uh, bars him from holding office. Mm. Now, six officials have already been charged with this uh, article, se Section 3, of the 14th Amendment. Oh, shit. Five of those individuals were former Confederate soldiers in the aftermath of the Civil War, mm. which is when this was written, which was the whole point of having it written. Like, yeah. hey, when you do, you know, when you, you know, try to overthrow the U.S. government. Yeah, um, there's rules. You can't hold office. Now, apparently more, more people after the Civil War didn't even run for office because they knew that the 14th Amendment was going to come down on them. Right. So it was sort of a wash. And none of them were convicted. Mm. And this is important legally. None of them were actually convicted of insurrection. Like uh. they weren't labeled insurrectionists. They were, however, Confederate soldiers. So, mm. you know, if you're doing a little bit of a uh, the analogy, of course, is our sixth person who was barred from office for this very um, part of the Constitution. The analogy being, January 6th insurrectionists. Mm -hmm. um, remember Coy Griffin? He was wearing a massively large cowboy hat telling everyone to like descend on the Capitol. Oh, he yeah. was talking about he and he was a county commissioner from New Mexico. And he was mm. um, he was barred from continuing. I believe he was either ousted from his post or barred from running again. Wow. Um, he was charged. Get this, Matt. He was ultimately charged with trespassing, but he was acquitted of disorderly conduct now mm. i have been uh You've convicted <laughs> of disorderly conduct and um for doing things like blocking a road for 15 minutes right right right, right. literally any direct action or civil disobedience that mm. you might partake in that's what you could face <clears throat> is disorderly conduct charges 
You guys know motherfuckers on January 6th didn't even get those. They got trespassing. Damn. Like not all of them, but some of them. So I, that's just a sidebar. But um, it's very annoying. So that's sort of the background to all of this. Mm -hmm. Now, the Supreme Court justices, how did they discuss this? How did they um, how did they face the uh, the different um, uh, the arguments that were made before them? The the, uh, the lawyer for Trump yeah. and then the lawyer for uh, the state of Colorado, basically, um, and for these particular plaintiffs. I believe there's six of them who said we should be barring Donald Trump from our ballot. Um, according to Ellie Mistal of The Nation, he says that they went real easy on Trump's lawyer. Matter mm. of fact, they were giving him different arguments, um, like trying to tee him up <laughs> to, to make help him. straight up. They were trying to, they were teeing him up for arguments that he oh. didn't actually end up making. He was like, no, 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 I don't need that. Here's mm. what I'm going to say. But then he's, he writes this, um, Ellie Mistal says, it was only when Jason Murray, the lawyer representing the effort to keep Trump off the ballot, um, when he rose to argue that the justices really started tipping their hands. And that means showing that they ultimately, and what most uh, analysts say, will rule that Colorado cannot remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Mm. Roberts, along with Justices Samuel Alito, alleged, attempted, and alleged attempted rapist Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett all asked Murray why one state, Colorado, should be allowed to decide who gets to be on the ballot for essentially the rest of the country. So that was sort of when they started to... Um, it started to change. Um, and then he talks yeah, about no, who should decide is, uh, you know, a group of people, including three judges appointed by the very president who they're trying to. Bar. <laughs> 100%. That's more fair. That is way more fair. Thank you for fairness. Um, and then he talks about Katanji Brown Jackson, mm -hmm. um, and kind of how disappointed he was in her, um, line of questioning and her arguments. And the same with Justice Kagan, again, these are liberal justices mm -hmm. and people who he was particularly disappointed with. He said that uh, Katanji Brown Jackson dug into the fact that the 14th Amendment doesn't specify that it applies to, quote, the presidency, the only way it does other offices, the way it does other offices that insurrectionists cannot hold and then seem to e eager to invent a number of reasons for why that is so. I read the same briefs as she has, and it would seem that she was unpersuaded by the overwhelming historical evidence that the writers of the 14th Amendment obviously didn't think that a president who engaged in insurrection could ever run for president again. Instead, she argued that the authors of the amendment were primarily concerned with preventing voters in the South from returning Confederates to office through local or state elections and somehow just didn't care if they voted for a formal rebel to be the president of the entire nation, which is so in the weeds like tit for like it's it's the focusing on the minutia and finding the most technical excuse to say that of offices or officers um mm -hmm. elected officers do not apply to the presidency which is total bs yeah. um before I get to what Ellie said on democracy now, I did want to say that the lawyer for the state of Colorado um had a credible answer for basically oh this was sorry picking up on why Colorado should decide, um, potentially should decide at least for itself. Mm -hmm. Jason Murray said one uh, had a credible answer for this one that usually wins in conservative circles, states' rights. Love states' rights. Murray said that Colorado had the right to determine its own election rules and the Constitution grants near plenary power for states to determine their own election processes for oh, federal officials. This is the point conservatives make constantly when they're defending the state right of states to say institute voter ID laws, close off early voting, or make any number of rules that restrict voting rights and limit voting access to poor people or people of color or reproductive rights. Mm -hmm. um, but here was Ellie Mistel sort of 
kind of laying into Katanji Brown Jackson and the other liberal justices and ultimately saying, here's why these shook ass justices will absolutely um, overrule Colorado Supreme Court. Yeah. But yesterday, <laughs> that those same, the, that intellectual consistency led her to what I think is a quite tortured place um, where she was parsing the word office versus offices, officer versus offices um, to try to find some way to not include President Trump. And the problem with that is that it's ridiculous, right? It is, it, it is just ridiculous as a matter of common sense to think that the people who said that you can't be a senator if you raised a rebellion against the government, and you can't be a congressperson if you raised a rebellion against the government, but president, yeah, sure, that's fine. That, that we don't have a problem with. Like that's a ridiculous argument, but that's how that's what she talked herself into. And again, I think she talked herself into that. I think the liberals generally talked themselves into that because they don't like the political reality of what the law says. They don't like the idea of kicking Trump off the ballot. They don't like what that means kind of as a presidential val precedential value um, around the country. And so they twisted themselves into a pretzel to pretend that the law says something that it doesn't. Right. Which is uh, like, I don't even know. Terrifying. Actually terrifying. Well, it's just like, terrifying. What's, what is even the impetus for this? Is it, is it like, well, I'm just trying to be fair. Cause like, clearly that's not a, a logical argument. Like to be like, Oh no, offices means like, yeah, you could be president if you do uh, insurrection, but uh, they meant everything else. Like, why, why would they, I just don't understand it. Um, I don't either, especially when like, it's not like you got any, you know, you're worried about job security, right? Yeah. You effing appointed for life and efforts yeah. like truly the, the fact that liberal justices, and we understand that all these conservative justices, um, would never vote to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Mm -hmm. um, now, who knows if we're Joe Biden or a liberal running for president or whatnot. Yeah. But like, again, and this is the same thing. This is the, but, but truly what it is, is, and this is what Ellie was saying, they don't want to set a precedent because they're afraid. Well, until Joe Biden leads an insurrection and storms the Capitol, uh -huh. right? Like until, and again, they're all just afraid. They're like, well, if we hold them accountable for the egregious things they did, they might hold oh, us accountable yeah. for some shit we didn't do. Like it right. makes no sense to me. It is so terrifying to me that something that was written into the constitution that was meant to protect the country mm -hmm. against insurrectionists, secessionists, against violence, that this is, I mean, like a constitutional amendment is not a fucking, like, this is a serious right. thing. It takes a lot to pass a constitutional amendment. And then you have what I think, I mean, and it all goes to the fact that Donald Trump and the right wing movement in this country truly is a mushroom, a spore that grew out yeah. of the unfinished business from the Civil War yeah. and the Reconstruction. These are all Confederates in present yeah. day. It's like Last of Us. They're like clickers. They're straight clickers, dude. And they have come back and we don't we, like it's like just because they're not, you know, Robert E. Lee doesn't mean that they mm. are not actual insurrectionists and they you know they absolutely 
you know, dabble in the language. And yes, they attempted to overturn an election on January 6th. Yeah. Um, so I, I just like I really like Ellie Mistal's take. I really think it's important that we understand like that even these liberal appointed justices are cowards still cowards and it is also the reason and this is look it's the reason that when joe biden says i'm going to protect abortion rights and that's why you should vote for me a little bit of me doesn't believe him why well because he hasn't talked about the filibuster right if you don't get rid of the filibuster you're not going to get federal protection you can't get federal protection at all yeah right if you if you can't do that then you're and, and if you re rest on your parliamentarian right. on your bureaucrat every single time if you rest on the well if we do that if you do the cinema line if we get rid of the filibuster what are they gonna do to us mm. ooh, ooh. like yeah. well they won't motherfucker because you will have codified reproductive rights voting rights right. and the right to form a union uh, and a million other things that you could get done if you just got rid of the filibuster so it is terrifying to me that bureaucrats spineless bureaucrats run our country because at some point mm -hmm. you actually have to have morals right um yeah and, and and it's just like it's it's uh it's one thing to be like making an argument about like well you know this is uh like if someone wants to make the argument about whether or not it was an insurrection it's like okay i get that that that's an argument that can be had but to make the argument that the law does not apply to presidents is so tortured that you go like so what are you even for like you you it, and, it's it, like, and it feels like katanji brown jackson again it's like it's like this girl, is, this girl, is who the we're fighting, right though. hates is, you they would i mean we're fighting why, a bunch of people who like this is why the democratic party is is the fucking worst it's the worst because at least with the right wing they have this like you know they're evil don't get me wrong. But they're, they know that they, they, they know they're in a like but an they opposition. A, they they know they're a, in a war. They know they're in a war and they have a plan and they have infrastructure and they have that's like, how they filled the Supreme Court. Yes, that's how they the bunch that's of, how they uh, got that. Imagine if we uh, you know uh, on the left had uh people who were just waiting in the wings to be the Supreme Court justices so we could all get free health care or whatever. You know, like imagine any of the fucking, you know, uh, protections that we could uh, be getting, you know, for fucking, I mean, just imagine the social safety net in this country uh, being even close to the standards set by European nations. Like, we don't have that. Instead, what we have is milquetoast-ass liberals and milquetoast-ass liberal institutions and Democratic Party uh, continuing this, like, mushy fucking fight against you know fascism rhetoric which is why you know but this is why and this is the last thing i'll say uh but i did want to just shout out uh the serfs thank you so much for rating us uh you're great and lance i would like you on the show i don't know how to get in touch with you thank oh you. yeah um but this is why i will say and we need to remember that progressives and leftists actually are more serious about fighting donald trump and MAGA and the right-wing ideology than any liberal. So don't let your um, anger and distaste for centrist Democrats who try to claim the mantle that they are the ones who fight fascism, that they are the ones who take Trump seriously. Don't let them, um, don't let them gaslight you like that. Don't yeah. let them uh, pretend because they're not. They're not equipped 
to fight fascism. They don't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. They don't have anything to lose if and when, right. you know, we have a fascist government. Um, they consistently try to, I mean, just listen to NPR, man. It's just the NPR. It's just like, nothing's wrong. Everything's mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Um, next, we're going to hear about um, chocolate designs yeah. from um, one of uh, Trump's political prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> um, I make them shaped like a swastika because it's a Hindu symbol. Not because it's a Nazi one. That's but incredible. I have some good ideas, though. <laughs> Eat my chocolate. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I meant like they'd be like a lib who was locked up. Right. But as soon as you said, you know, it locked them insurrectionist. I was like, oh, I said political prisoner. Oh, I feel like you didn't sense. quite. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. You're right. I, I was wondering why that angle was that angle. But I love it either way because it created a new character, uh, which is Nazi <laughs> chocolatier. <laughs> Nazi chocolatier. <laughs> no, I feel like he's got to be a German accent, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. It is chocolate. So it's a Hindu symbol. Um, <laughs> don't look into the history of it uh, after. 33 this has been such a like long banger of an episode nothing but bangers dude <laughs> straight up banging bang bus. but we have to talk uh we have to go to our final segment um i don't know if we have a do we have a no we don't um we have to go to our final segment because uh it is valentine's day tomorrow oh my god so exciting very exciting i am only a little bit sick i feel sicker by the moment i am i'm getting better usually sweating oh, um so and i realize i've gotten sick because we're using the same microphone i get sick from this also because we make out yeah we make out a lot because we're husband because we're married that's i love my wife <laughs> look guys you can get married too and then you can make out all the time whenever you want just like the, legal making you out. can make out so much that sometimes you go weeks without me <laughs> because you're so used to it yeah um uh, <laughs> um but i wanted to talk about this because apparently have you heard of the five languages of love Mm, no, I mean, sort of. Uh, I was saying before, I, I know of the concept. People say, what's your love language? And like one of them is like, uh, I mean, I assume it's not like Spanish, French, <laughs> Chinese, Italian, right? Yeah, no, it's it, not. They're not actual languages. No, but there is. So apparently the love languages, and I honestly don't know them. Oh. It, it, this is according to simplypsychology.com. Uh, oh. oh, that's over my face. Move your face. Uh-oh, that's bad. Spaghetti oh, oh, oh. Right. That's okay. I'll just, I'll, I'll throw it up there. Um, yeah. Wait. What's... There we <laughs> go. On. I know how to do it. <laughs> oh, it's fine. We're just small. I don't like us small. Um, five love languages are acts of service, mm -hmm. quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, mm. and receiving gifts. This is supposedly how physical people, touch is a cop out. People give love and like to receive love. And Who doesn't like physical touch? I mean, I guess there's like some people with like certain like spectrum. If people on the spectrum there are some people who don't like to be yeah. touched but i would say like you know that seems like an obvious one it's like love languages kissing right right exactly I guess some people don't kiss all right, right I, I get it okay i i mean making out's not one of these so well, already physical touch i guess so but like making we're making out 
Um, yeah. Now, finger blinds. If you were to guess, if you were to guess which my uh, which of which language my love language was. Okay, which so one would you? It's, it's acts, acts of service. service, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts. Um, so is this how you show love or how you like love shown to how you? How I like love shown to me. Oh, okay. Um, shit, it's receiving gifts. Oh, it's quality time. <laughs> uh, it's also words of affirmation. <laughs> it's also acts of service and it's physical touch. Hey, you're bilingual. <laughs> you're multilingual. Um, If you had to choose one. Uh, quality time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is quality yeah, 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 time. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is quality time. You are very much... Uh... Other people don't like to spend time with their loved ones. I am different. I speak well, okay. a high love language. Okay, but here's the thing. You, you like me trying to spend quality time uh, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you don't always want to that's not true oh, first of all you like I, the I literally like i the literally have no idea what your love language is like i'm looking what? at all these and i first of all it's definitely physical touch <laughs> like Phys yeah <laughs> i think i love language physical touch it's physical touch for sure um but like i don't know the rest is like receiving gifts nah the acts of service meh quality time eh words of affirmation yeah no all but of like the, if you just want I, your like your yeah, head scratch yeah i'm very self-sufficient look at in how all those sweaty i am uh, let me touch it no uh no like all those other ones he you know i, I i'm uh i grew up very self-sufficient in terms of uh love uh, like <laughs> like i don't expect <laughs> gifts i don't expect acts of services i don't ex expect but someone you to uh you know to make time for me i don't expect nice words um but physical touch i'm like oh that's love so when you uh, like do the hair thing again no because i have to show my pits i don't care it's love mm, show people your pits <laughs> wiki, <laughs> got wiki pits wiki <laughs> pits on main <laughs> hashtag show pits um okay wait so the real thing is that guys before you're like what the fuck why are they doing this what are they talking about apparently all of what we just said is bullshit love languages are fake scientists oh, no. say science what is your love language is a question you've heard on and offline with an answer that may have serious contemplated many have seriously contemplated about themselves and their partners as the theory goes there are only five options for how people supposedly demonstrate and desire love is it words of affirmation physical touch quality time receiving gifts or acts of service researchers found the people tend to value each of the five languages in different contexts, though. They emphasize that the languages may not encompass all the meaningful ways that people express and feel love. And finally, the paper found, quote, very little evidence that partners with matching love languages fostered better relationships. That's true, because they're like, your language should match. But it's like, oh, is that what they say? Apparently, but it's like, wouldn't you want wouldn't you want people to have like different strengths? A hundred percent. You, if you were like someone who was just a solo physical touch, love language person, that wouldn't work because have you ever tried, like, have you ever taken part in a uh, massage train where everyone you're just, you're getting your yeah. shoulders massaged and you're massaging a person in front of you. doesn't work. Oh yeah. You don't immediately fall in love with them. No, well, it's not. Well, you uh, no. I'm just, what I'm saying is that it doesn't feel as good when you're also giving a massage. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we can't both be people <laughs> rubbing each other's uh, hair. It doesn't actually, right, right. We, it's so true. Cause like you have to tense your shoulders. Yeah, to actually right. Give them exactly. a massage. Exactly. It so ruins it. What's the point of the get... massage? You yeah, ruin yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you might as 
well just not do it. You know, but also acts of service. For example, I think you do a lot of the you do the dishes and you take out the trash. That's how I show love. You definitely show me that. That's how I show love. But like if I also express my love that way, then we're both fighting over who gets to do the dishes. Right. Then neither of us are in love. Exactly. Anymore. Because we there's well, the no reason dishes you, left. The reason you like to do the dishes is you get to spend quality time with your phone. Yeah, I get to watch movie. <laughs> I watch a movie while I do dish. It's like a, a win-win. <laughs> the other thing they realize is that um, Chapman, uh, the author of the book, is uh, Gary Chapman, I believe. Okay. Um, oh, he wrote a whole book about love languages? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, he's uh, a doctor? Yeah, get out of here with that. Doctor, my ass. Yeah, Gary Chapman is a, I think he was a Baptist preacher. Oh, Lord. And a lot of, all the people he analyzed were in heterosexual, right, cisgender, Caucasian, and Christians. Right, they're all whites who are lying. Right. <laughs> yeah. One key thing to remember is that Chapman developed the five love languages by working with a sample of white, religious, mixed gender, traditional couples. There's certainly things that are left out, such as affirming a partner's personal goals outside of the relationship, right. which might be significant to couples with more egalitarian that's, values. That's how I show my love too my love is uh trying to uh help my beautiful wife out whenever she needs something with like a podcast guest yeah absolutely whatever, yeah you know? exactly Thank that's you, how sweetie. i show my love that's number one bestseller in love and romance god on amazon.com we're fucking doomed Ninety thousand reviews uh, why don't we write a fucking book and we'll just call it like you happy now and then it's just you open it. And if the, you were to write now, a, you're happy. A, if you were to write a uh, self help, a, a love and romance self help book, what would you say? What it, who would your audience be? Uh huh. And what would you say? My audience would be obviously white Christians because that's <laughs> how you make the money. And I would say, um, how Jesus, how love for Jesus make you fuck good. And it would be like fuck, five, li fuck like Jesus is watching. Yeah, fuck like Jesus is watching. And it's like, uh, you know, it's just about how like, you know, in Bible times, Christians like fucked better uh, because they didn't have so many microplastics in their taint. And then you just you just say like I don't think people knew what a taint was in Jesus time. Well, right. They didn't know about that, nor do they have plastics. But and then you just go on to you add a little anti-vax stuff in there too, something about like microchips making you uh, transgender or something, you know, a little bit of like, oh, now the that, that truly would be a bestseller. I know it would. <laughs> there's, like, there's so many there's so many ideas that just off the top of the head, knee jerk right wing opinions that I'm like, I could be a millionaire, but, <laughs> but I like also to have to go to the night. gym. What? <laughs> I, I, yeah it's true see that's a problem that's why i couldn't be a right-wing grifter because they'd be like nah he gets too, he's too flabby you know what i've been waiting i've been trying to red pill matt for a really long time yeah uh, i was about to but then this whole like you know assault on gaza popped off and he started getting real woke yeah. but realized the only way to get him to go to the gym would be to red pill him yeah no him honestly up. if you can get me like straight up alpha brain just listening to andrew tate yeah andrew tate just being like uh here's the thing with bitches <laughs> They've not got a lot of brain. <laughs> like that. I can't he's like, do it. He's, no, that's perfect. But it's very British. It's like occasionally that. he's got a British Occasionally he's British. You're like, yeah. But you've got to understand. It's like way too much enunciation. Yeah. And then. Um, um, <laughs> and then the most misogynistic thing you've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't let mine dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have it right in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> because when they're getting in the. 
car. Car. I don't <laughs> no. know. I don't. How do you how do you go British with car? Fuck. See, I can't do it. Only you can and, do it. And you come across a lorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys. That has been uh, the Bituation Room on this Tuesday, February thirteenth. Fuck yeah. Um, I forgot to load the fart song, but let's do it right now to I mean, thank I, everyone I, who um, works, uh, who's become a patron at ten dollars or more to get this shout out. First, let me just. Uh, well, let me share and hang on. Let me just um, scoobity doop doop doop. Pay no attention to the black screen. Uh, let me just read some comments for y'all um, and then fuck off in the night. Um, Pat <laughs> V. Pagan says, Habituation Bad has brought a crossover episode, indeed. Uh, Melanie Dennis says, This is not the first time Tuckums went overseas to talk to a right wing dictator. He went to Hungary. Yes, he did. Right. Talk to Orban. Yeah. Rachel Atwood, thank you for your super chat. Says babies are crazy, flexible, natural yogis. What sick poses does yours do? Like when she's bored and wants to show off. She does this thing where she like does like a, she sticks her belly way out and she just arches her back. You ever seen that when she's like trying to lean back on a couch and then she's just like, I'm gonna stick my belly out real. No, far. but I think she definitely has a good like straddle. Like she puts her leg like oh, she yeah. can just like straddle. Yeah, 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 yeah. She and she also like like does a like uh when you sit on your knees. Yeah. I don't know. She is crazy. She's good at that. Yeah. Um, Michael Gonzalez, wait, is he old or a mastermind? Oh, yeah. Biden's playing 7D chess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don- well, 8D chess. <laughs> 9D chess. Donald he, he's James. 90 years old. <laughs> Donald James, AD. Yes. We mm. made that joke once. Probably. Um, thank- At least it wasn't John Stewart made that joke. John- Donald James, thank you for your super chat. I mean, for being a member saying Matt in the house. Well, of course, he lives there. I'm in this house. I live in this house. Matt Gates on Whiteford Bronco member for eight months says I'm certainly stealing Francesca's dog story as an analogy for U.S. Israeli relations. I mean, truly, it really worked. I was afraid of where you're going with it, but it went it went great. Stop! 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert, thank you for your super chat. The autocrats are winning, and they know it. Um, yeah. And just Julie says on YouTube, Israel is the Trump of countries. That is true. true. Uh, Samuel Rosander, that means anyone who does an insurrection can get elected to any office because they're not Confederates, which was the original intent of the rule. Um, Yeah, it's like, well, are you a Confederate? No. Well, have at it then. Mm. Um, And uh, B Alpha says they'll sure uphold the Constitution when it comes to the Second Amendment, though. Indeed, they will. And yes, thank you uh, belatedly for the raid, surfs, surfskis. Um, also, uh, all right, let's just do it. Let's just do the fart song. Fart song. New patrons that we got who are truly coming through in a pinch, guys. Uh, again, this podcast is mostly ad free, although Mama's been working hard, so uh, it's we're gonna get that ad. Man. There's a little bit of ads coming your way. Of course, if you're a patron, you don't get those ads. So thank you to Ken, thank you to Atomic Elbow, thank you to Dave Donacci, and thanks again to Sammy Elkari. You guys are awesome. I love you. Thanks so much. Over on Twitch to Charm Chaos, you resubscribe with Prime. Um, saying final trimester of support. Aw. I hope it continues. Um, Hunger Games 1989, thank you so much for resubscribing. 17 months. Love you, Franny. Even better with Matt here. Wait, is there a fentanyl man? Lol. Um, There's a few. Thank you to Hammer the C1G. Subscribe for one month again. Um, 
Oh, that was a little bit ago. And uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you to Paige Omek, to Maximilian Inhoff, and to Andy Vasoyan uh, for their help on the show. Remember, March 17th will be at the Punchline uh, in uh, Sacramento. Sacramento Punch. Um, and uh, we stream on Tuesdays and Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Follow the show on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram and TikTok. All the things. Bituation Room on TikTok and Instagram. Bituation Pod on Twitter. And remember to fight the power. Fuck the patriarchy. Free Palestine, and don't just bitch about it, be about it. Bye. Bye. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Bye.